The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob. The perennial question that mankind asks is, does money really make you happy? Uh, I think there's quite a lot of uneducated advice on this. Um, I interviewed someone called Ed Milet on my podcast. It's coming out in a couple of weeks' time on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. And he gave one of the best answers I've ever heard to this question. Uh, and I'm going to share his answer in my words and my experience. Uh, and I think the first thing is um, with money and does it make you happy or not is you can only judge if you've not had money and you've had a lot of money. How can you judge unless you've not done a proper split test? Have you been skint and have you been rich? Um, because I think you'll find if you've been skint and rich, um, that most of the time you'll probably be more happy when you're rich. Now, that's not always the case because I know um, a couple of people who were doing billions uh, and lost it all and now have millions. And they say they're happier with millions than they were with billions. But I would also argue that areas of their life were different, not just the money. Um, so, I, you know, it's definitely a personal thing. But um, the answer that Ed Milet gave to this question um, was that absolutely, yes, money does buy you happiness and make you happy. How can you not be happy if you live in a beautiful apartment and have a beautiful view? How can you not be happy if, you know, you, you buy your loved one a Hermes handbag or you buy your loved one a Patek Philippe watch? How can you not be happy when you have... Um, you know, supercars and private jets and comfortable travel and going to beautiful places. That makes you happy, but it doesn't make you fulfilled. And I thought that's the answer the world has been looking for. Because, you know, I've said all along that money, has, I'm much happier um, now I have money. And, um, you know, I think for me, 10 million was the figure where it was like enough and in terms of net worth and any more of than that, it, it was marginal happiness. And there's all these studies. I think the guys from Freakonomics, I think it was, or someone's have done some studies where it's like, well, apparently after um, $70,000 uh, income, then there is marginal happiness after that. Bullshit. I'm sorry, but nowadays, what, $70,000, £50,000, you can't do anything with that. This isn't, you know, especially you've got two kids, put them to, you know, it's about 30 grand a year to put my two kids through private school. And by the way, it makes me very happy to be able to afford to do that. So you need way more money than you used to, to be happy um, and to be comfortable. I would say there is an amount where the afterwards you're just chasing and chasing, and I can say that because I've reached an amount where I've, I've gained more, but it's marginally more happiness or, or you're just always chasing the next thing. Um, I've got a Ferrari Testarossa and a Lamborghini Aventador in that garage. And, you know, if I change the Testarossa to an F40 and the Lamborghini Aventador to a 
I don't know, the Centenario or a LaFerrari or, you know, McLaren P1, you know, more, slightly more expensive cars, would that make me any more happy? Well, it probably wouldn't. In fact, there'd be a higher maintenance on those uh, and there would be some downsides. So, yes, I think that above a certain level, but that level is way more than it used to be because life is more expensive now and inflation and, you know, that if you think about, if you list everything you want to do that would make you happy, maybe you want to travel a lot. You might want to be away three months of the year and you might want to travel comfortably. It's going to cost you. I mean, I, I know some people who spend £300,000 a year on travel. You might want one nice watch, Patek Philippe, 30 grand plus. I don't know, it could be 100 grand. Um, you know, you might want to do nice things in the UK, nice dates, have nice dinners, two or three nice cars, nice house. You know, you might need 500 grand a year. Um, that, you know, and, and 500 grand, earning 500 grand a year would definitely put you in the top 0.01 or 0.001%. But this whole, the reason a lot of people say money doesn't make you happy is one, because they're skint, they've never tried it. But two, because I think what they're saying is the love of money alone and the chase of money without the, 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 the gifts in life that are free, like love and connection and friendship and fulfillment. That's, I think, what they mean. But then they don't have to be separate. You know, like having a lot of money and still having good friends and a nice social network and, you know, feeling fulfilled in your job and your career. It's not a choice of one or the other. You can have it all. You really can. But the love of money for money's sake, for greed and hunger and power, um, and the always chasing the next most expensive thing, uh, we all know that's not happiness. Um, or, or rather, it's fleeting happiness. And it's definitely not fulfillment. And so fulfillment is, do you love what you do and do what you love? Um, do you help people? Do you love yourself? Do you feel full, full of gratitude, full of life and spirit? That's fulfillment. And of course, we know money can't buy that. Um, it helps. So just saying, but it, but it can't buy that. So I think understanding the difference between happiness and fulfillment is good. I think knowing that money and the other good things in life don't have to be separate or mutually exclusive. You can have all the money you want and all those finer things in life um, too. And the things in life that are free, that make you feel fulfilled. You don't have to choose between them. Um, and certainly don't judge until you've been there and you made a load of money. Uh, now, by the way, if um, Ed Milet, um, he said to me, he defines fulfillment as how much you help others. Now, if you're rich, you can help others a lot more because you have more money to give away, obviously, but then you've paid all of your overhead so you can liberate your time and you can give your time away. And often your time given is more valuable than the money. So you could argue that to be fulfilled, to, to serve your mission and purpose the best and the most, you need to have money that liberates your expenses and your overheads so you've got the time to go and fill your soul. And in that regard, then, money does make you happy and money can lead to fulfilment. Um, so I'm going, it was just a, a debate I wanted to discuss. Um, in terms of what you can do, go out there and make a load of money. Go out there and equally balance the selfish and the selfless. 
So the selfish is the money you make and you're allowed to make money. You're allowed to pay your debts. And you're allowed to get out of debt. And you're allowed to pay your mortgage. You're allowed to have a nice house. And you're allowed to have a nice car. And you're allowed to, you know, no one was born to be uh, skint. You're allowed to do all these things. But link that to how you service others. And if your remuneration and reward is directly proportionate to the amount of people that you help and the quality of help that you give in probably a private sector, not a public sector where there are no limitations, because, you know, nurses and doctors help a lot of people, but they don't get remunerated for it fairly, probably, because they're in a limited public sector. So you need to get in the private sector where there are no limits, no boundaries, um, no people in your way, uh, and then go and serve, create a new market. Um, you know, give a, an existing market something they really need and want, care for people, serve people, solve for people, make their lives easier, faster, better. Um, and then you're going to get remunerated for it. So that happiness and fulfillment uh, become a virtuous cycle, if you like. Um, so thanks for tuning in. I hope you found this useful. Um, uh, don't forget that uh, I have recently launched my brand new supporter program. Uh, and I'm doing an Ask Me Anything once a week. Uh, I just did a video literally just before this video and podcast to my supporters only on why difficult people are in your life and uh, the purpose of them. Uh, we do meetups, uh, dinners. Um, I do curated user-based content just for my supporters. Uh, there's a WhatsApp group, 100 people I'm doing one-to-one calls with twice a year, all for £3.49 a month, cancel anytime absolute bargain. I believe my supporter program is the best in the world. Find me a supporter program that gives you more than that. And I'll give you more. Uh, You won't find one all for £3.49 a month and you can just cancel at any time. So somewhere under this video or on my Facebook page, Rob Moore Progressive, there's a long, thin, blue become a supporter button. Hit that button um, because I think that uh, I I just think we're doing great things in this brand new supporter program. I think that um, it's a great test by Facebook. I think that content's going to change and uh, free is going to be even less valuable and premium is going to be more valuable. Um, So I would really recommend that you jump on that. Jamie has um, just added a very long quote here. I think I'm going to read it. Um, I believe very much that people should be selfish for the first half of of their life so they can be effectively unselfish in the second half. Uh, being a charity your whole life or trying to be charitable your whole life while you're still a charity yourself makes a negligible difference. Mother Teresa hugged 100,000 people and some of which died of malnutrition later because she had nothing to give them. Bill Gates wrote a single check that wiped out malaria for seven, uh, is that million? It might have been billion and set up the largest charity in history. So it makes your question who should be the saint Um, Yeah, I I think that's a great way of looking at it. You could split your life in half. The first life dedicated to your mission, the second life dedicated to the the mission of helping others. Um, I think a lot of people do that, but they're forced to do that by society. So, you know, I don't actually believe that Bill Gates in his teens and 20s thought about all the the ways he was going to help the world. I think society forced him because it deemed him to be a bit greedy and because he was a billionaire. And um, I think that it, 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 it forced him through natural laws to give back because, you know, of course, if we give back later in life, we keep the cycle of life going. I would argue, actually, you could do this simultaneously. I think there is an argument that um, the more you build, the more you've got to give away. And if you try and build and give away simultaneously, you've not got as much to give away. So I think that's a good point. But you could also argue that um, I have a foundation, the Rob Moore Foundation. I set that up when I was 38 years old um, because I didn't want to wait till I was 68 years old. And I can use my influence and leverage and 
um, assets now and not wait till then. And maybe when I'm at Bill Gates's age, I'd have, you know, had a bit more momentum. I mean, you know, I'm not likely to ever get to the net worth of Bill Gates. That's not my personal mission. Um, so I think if you simultaneously balance the selfish and the selfless, i.e. Um, I'm going to help myself, I pay my overheads, get a nice house, nice car, nice things, look after my family, put them through a good education, look after my parents, look after my siblings, etc. Um, but the driver to generate all that income is by helping others and creating meaningful products and services. I think you can balance the selfish and the selfish and the selfless simultaneously in the present, not just in the past, sorry, in the now um, and then in the future. All right, great. So thanks for tuning in. So I rambled a bit at the end there. Um, I've had migraines for six days in a row, which I've never had. So my brain isn't working quite as well. Jump on my supporter program, giving you massive value for $3.49 a month. I claim that I have the, big, the best value support program in the world. There's only a few influencers in the whole world um, or content creators or whatever you want to um, call us who've been given this uh, supporter privilege and badge. Um, and I'm grateful to do that. And I think it can really help you. Um, I can see that um, Tanya's a supporter. Lee's a supporter. You get your supporter badge. Um, Andy's a supporter. Karen, I know you're a supporter. I don't know why you don't have the badge. Omelade, you're a supporter. So a lot of my followers are already supporters. So I really appreciate that. Um, I think it's going to be huge. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.